Hey you, are you ready? Grab your pack, grab your tent, grab your gear. Jump in. We're going on an adventure. In Arizona, there's so much to see, so much to experience. At GCU, adventure is never too far away. Offering over 200 academic programs with a Christian worldview and nestled in the heart of Phoenix, you can earn your degree in fewer than four years and explore everything Arizona has to offer. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash azroadtrip. James, but the last line of defense, Dwight was there. Now it's LeBron looking for his first assist. Assist of the half is a highlight reel to Dwight. Boy, everybody is on the floor. He comes down. He says, "I know, I know you're behind me, <laughs> behind between the leg." And look at that high fly act by Dwight Howard as he rushes one. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where if you like it, then you should have put a wing on it. (laughs) If you like it, then you should have put a wing on it. Don't be mad once you see that other teams want it. If you like it, then you should have put a what, Alan? A wing? A wing on it. Exactly. In tonight's episode, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Wings. Wings on the trade and buyout market. But first, as you all know, the Lakers are 24-3, and their best start since the Showtime Lakers. They are 14-0 and outside of Staples Center. They have won 14 straight on the road, which is two off of the NBA record of 16 straight, which is also held by the Lakers back in the 1970s. The Lakers currently are still second in overall net rating behind only the Bucks. They are fifth in offensive rating and third in defensive rating. Uh, on Friday, they had a ridiculously fun and insane win versus a very good Miami team where both LeBron James and Anthony Davis went supernova and the overall team showed their medal on the road. And we had that insane LeBron James tap pass to Anthony Davis into the spinning two-handed jam. And then on Sunday... The Lakers had a lackadaisical, super poor outside shooting win against Atlanta in which LeBron and AD once again had to literally lug this team to the finish line, Uh, but we did get that crazy LeBron James in-between-the-legs bounce pass to a trailing Dwight Howard in which Dwight proceeded to channel some of his slam dunk champion Superman days of future past and really hammered down that jam in transition. AD came out of that game a little banged up because the Lakers didn't take care of business as they should have. Uh, We'll see if he can go against Indiana, but obviously a lot of us would prefer that he save it for the uh, D-Day matchup against the Bucks on Thursday. The Bucks actually lost to the Dallas Mavericks tonight, so you know they're going to be motivated and hungry to face the Lakers if they weren't already on Thursday. So, Obviously, we're all racing towards this D-Day Kaiju matchup between Giannis, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Bucks. And in this game, if the Lakers win tomorrow against Indiana, 
the Lakers will be gunning for that 16 road wins in a row mark um, on Thursday against the Bucks. So it should be a hell of a lot of fun. But as I mentioned to start this episode, Alan, we are not going to be talking about any more game-specific topics tonight and give you a sort of one-off evergreen episode where we talk about the potential Lakers wing targets on the trade and buyout market, especially because by the time I probably drop this episode, we will have passed the December 15th date. Alan, do you know what that date signifies in the NBA? Oh, I thought you were going to say that's uh, Scott Andreen's day of birth. We don't care about that. Um. <laughs> or our former high school marching band director, Tom Landis's day of birth. Oh, we do care about that. <laughs> care a lot about that one. Outside of those two special dates, what does it signify in the NBA? Does it rhyme with Dwight Howard's braid? <laughs> no. Like braid? Like tr- trade? Well, kind of. So... <laughs> That's a weird roundabout way to get here. So <laughs> December 15th is the date that you can trade guys that you signed in the yeah, offseason. Yeah, trade, braid. So yeah. it opens up a lot of options for a lot of teams. And also December 15th is that quarter, a little more than the quarter way mark of the season. So a lot of teams have a general sense of where they stand in the rankings and whether or not they want to tank whether or not they want to go for it, what they need, if they want to still contend. So it's an important date. And um, this episode, we're going to talk about the non-Igadala wings that the Lakers could look at on the trade and buyout market. Obviously, Igadala is our preference and our priority. But in the scenario where the Memphis Grizzlies really stand by their stance of not buying out Igadala or making sure that a team has to trade for him, we're making sure to take the the opposite angle and just looking at different options, not name Iguodala. Um, so yeah, there's a special bonus episode uh, to usher you into the Christmas season. And yeah, still crazy that Christmas is now upon us in 2020 soon after. Alan, really quick, have you done any of your Christmas shopping? I have actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude, I'm on it this year. <laughs> did you Did you take advantage of Black Friday at all or? I did. That's why. Actually, a lot of my stuff has been arriving over like the last couple of days. So yeah, man, it's pretty exciting. I'm not not stressed out, not tripping at all. Very nice. How about you? I'm actually going back to Philadelphia for Christmas, Oh, snap. even though I was just there uh, during Thanksgiving. It was kind of an impromptu thing because all of a sudden my brother, his fiance, my mom decided to also go this Christmas. And so I was like, well, I guess I should go too because the whole family is nice. going to be there. So uh, and because of that, there's a lot more prepping and planning that has to go into place because I'm traveling and it's hard to pack your suitcase with even more stuff when you're going to like a cold, mm, that's wintry place. So I am making sure to take care of all that stuff now and having it shipped directly to my aunt's place. So so yeah, because of the nature of my plans this Christmas, I've had to do it early and not procrastinate. So there we go. We're, we're doing pretty well, Alan, in terms of this early Christmas are. shopping deal. Um with that said, before I get into anything, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, Alan, do we have anything? Um, that's how many more wings everyone's going to enjoy consuming like food, <laughs> like chicken wings. Wow, next level thinking, Alan. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. 
Get an air fryer for Christmas. Those wings are amazing. <laughs> um, so yes, if you want to eat a lot of wings this Christmas as you watch the Lakers versus Clippers, please rate and review us on iTunes. Again, we are trying to get to 400 rating and reviews before 2019 ends. Please help us do that before... It's 20 times 20 is 400. Boom. Exactly. Before 2020 hits. And I just want to reiterate, you guys, I feel like you guys aren't taking us seriously, but if we do not have... 400 five-star rating and reviews by 2020 the lakers legacy podcast is over we're done so please help us out you can make a difference you can be the one to push us over the hump you can prevent forest fires and all that jazz so but all joking aside we sincerely really appreciate all those who have rated and reviewed us uh, over the last three four years and those who have really stepped up in the in the most recent weeks to just even get us to this point we really really appreciate you guys um also quick logistical update on how this episode will go alan after this short intro segment is going to be leaving us and then tommy will be entering to actually talk about the specific wing target so just in case you guys are thrown off i'm alerting you now Hi, Tommy. Yeah, I've been warned. So, Alan, the one question I wanted to ask you before we ushered into like the actual wing options is, with how well Rondo's been playing, with how well Caruso's been playing, how well KCP's been distributing more, um, with what we know of Avery Bradley and how effective, surprisingly effective he's been handling the ball and passing the ball, do you agree that at this point, getting a wing player is probably more of a priority than getting a scoring guard or another ball handling guard. Because I know at the beginning of the season when our guards weren't looking as great and they were looking kind of shaky and the rotation was kind of off, getting another ball handling scoring guard to alleviate pressure off of LeBron was like priority number one. But seeing how the season has progressed, how far Caruso has kind of come along, at this point, do you think that you'd probably go wing over guard if you had to take that pick? Uh, yeah, I probably would because having another defensive wing can like alleviate some pressure from LeBron on the defensive end. Uh, and then of course, you know, if it's like a three and D type dude, you can always use more shooters and our guys have shot the ball pretty well, but it's a little inconsistent. Um, but yeah, in terms of like a scoring ball handling type guard, I would make that a second priority, uh, as to getting a wing. Yeah, I totally agree because of all the things that I mentioned and how, we have this crop of guards that they all have their own deficiencies, but they also shore each other's deficiencies up in this uh, point guard slash ball handler by committee type approach. And it's worked out just fine. And especially with how, how well Rajon Rondo has been playing and orchestrating the offense uh, alongside LeBron. Um, with regards to the wings, with how well this team has meshed on a chemistry camaraderie level, and what a tight brotherhood it seems like all these guys from number one to 15 have, maybe even the two-way players, who knows. Um, how open or how easy is it for you at this point to kind of just pull the trigger on any sort of deal? Because we also have to keep in mind that if we're going to add a player, and let's put Andre Iguodala aside for now because we're not sure if that is actually going to be a reality, but let's say we add any of the wings that me and Tommy are about to talk about, Right now, the roster is at full capacity with 15 guys. Um, so someone's either going to have to be traded, maybe a Taylor Horton Tucker, or someone's going to have to get cut, whether that's DeMarcus Cousins, Troy Daniels, Quinn Cook, or Jared Dudley. So in order to get any sort of additional help, at least one guy is going to have to go. And obvious sentiment when the season started would probably say, just cut DeMarcus Cousins. 
or even as the season progressed, okay, fine. If we really want DeMarcus Cousins to stay because he's important to the chemistry and maybe he's motivating his big man buddy AD all this time and maybe he's a key cog in you know, helping re-sign Anthony Davis next year, let's say we, we want to keep DeMarcus Cousins on for that reason, which is a valid reason. Then the next candidate would be, okay, Troy Daniels because he's been up and down. He hasn't been as layup-y as people have made him out to be. Or Quinn Cook because he has been even more inconsistent and he doesn't even provide the defensive acumen that Troy Daniels does and that's not saying a lot but just given how much Quinn Cook means to the chemistry of this team how close he is to Anthony Davis and LeBron James and we've obviously seen those video clips of Quinn Cook and LeBron James doing the extended very elaborate handshake I guess my overall question to you is how easy is it for you at this point to just say yeah let's just trade one of these guys or even drop DeMarcus Cousins or Taylor Horton Tucker to pick up player X, player Y, especially if it's not Andre Iguodala, not a premier guy. Is it a little harder for you to do that now? Or are you still in the camp of the Lakers will just do whatever they feel is right and what's necessary and deal with the repercussions of how that changes the chemistry? Or do you just think it's not a big deal? Um, I think it's much more difficult to pull the trigger on that kind of a decision. For example, Quinn Cook, while he is pretty deficient on the defensive end and his ball handling skills are not great um, and he's inconsistent with his shot, you know, he's got championship experience and he's had big moments right. in the NBA finals before. So if we're looking at the long term picture here in the, the end goal, he's a guy that uh, you never know. You could just throw him in there for seven or eight minutes and he might really make something happen for you. But then with Troy Daniels, like you said, like he's had some games where he's he's like very hot and he's very, very dependable, as streaky as he can be. We've seen a little bit more promise from him. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's extremely difficult to pull that trigger. Uh, I could see us keeping DeMarcus. I mean, they continue to say that there's a chance he'll come back at the end of the season. Uh, I don't know how realistic that actually is. But um, if we did not make any moves and we just retained this team as is, it's easy to say now, given our record, of course, and how well we're playing, but it's like I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, naturally, it depends on which wing besides Iguodala we're looking at. Um, I might change my tune if a certain name popped up, but off the top of my head, I can't think of one that I'm like salivating over necessarily. Yeah, and me and Tommy will get into that. One name that comes to mind, which me and Tommy touch upon, is Jay Crowder because he has that relationship with LeBron James. Um, my overall sentiment would be the Lakers are going to be opportunistic, obviously. They're going to assess all other angles, but given how well this team has coalesced I'm a little more hesitant to just willy-nilly like just do a trade to do a trade or just cut a guy to cut a guy right because these things are delicate you may not think that getting rid of a Troy Daniels or a Jared Dudley would mean much to the chemistry of this team but when things are clicking and firing on all cylinders from an intangible off-the-court perspective you kind of just almost want to if it ain't broke you know don't fix it And that even goes with, I know David Fisdale just got fired from the Knicks and there have been rumors that the Knicks are looking at Jason Kidd. And it's like, Jason Kidd at this point is an important part of the fabric of this team as an assistant coach, you know, helping Caruso out, helping Rajon Rondo become the next Jason Kidd, even though it's a hilarious thing to say. But right now the percentages seem to back that up. But all in all, Jason Kidd has the trust of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So in totality, it's just harder now to easily pull the trigger on something like that without thinking about how the trickle down effect on everybody else exactly but yeah so with that said regardless 
There are some names who are interesting that me and Tommy are going to get into. Before I get into that with Tommy, Hi, Tommy. though. Hi, Tommy. Um, I just wanted to add some caveats because when me and Tommy did this segment, it was about, I think, like three or four weeks ago at this point. So some things have changed. I'm going to list them right now. So just keep that in mind because I'm too lazy to edit those things out at this point. So, well, for one thing, it's not in the episode, but before Rodney Hood went down, which, again, very Uh, unfortunate injury, you know, we wish the best to him. I know it happened against us, so it stings a little more to see that happen. Um, Before he went down with the Achilles injury, the Blazers were actually doing pretty well, I think, in terms of wings that they had, especially having signed Carmelo Anthony. And so I thought maybe Kent Bazemore would potentially be available. And uh, I don't talk about him in this segment with Tommy, but before Hood went down, I was like, ooh, maybe that's a guy that the Lakers could target. Uh, maybe because Portland is so thin up front, would a McGee for Bazemore type deal work? I know the salaries don't match, but could the Lakers find a way to use DeMarcus Cousins' salary and aggregate that along with McGee for Kent Bazemore? Who knows? But obviously that's a moot point now. The one guy that I didn't talk about with Tommy that I want to bring up, though, is... Uh, Damari Carroll of the San Antonio Spurs. You know, if the Spurs continue to sort of ebb and flow and slide in the negative direction as this season progresses, the more they may turn the keys over to all of the young guys and the more a guy like Damari Carroll becomes superfluous and almost um, unnecessary, right? And so Damari Carroll is almost that prototypical 3 and D type guy. He's not Jay Crowder, but he's like a poorer man's version of Jay Crowder. So um, he's a guy who, if they Spurs somehow bought him out, or if you can get him on the cheap, that I think the Lakers should take a look at. Do you like Demari Carroll, Alan? I do like him. Yeah, he's um, he's that like prototypical grit and grind, hustle, super energy uh, type of dude. So yeah, I, I definitely like him. He's like the definition of solid, right? Yes. Um, a couple more caveats before I turn it over. Vince Carter is someone who we didn't bring up in our next segment, but. I just want to throw his name out there. We obviously just saw him play against the Lakers on Sunday. Now he's 42 years old, pretty geriatric when it comes to NBA standards, but he can still shoot the lights out. He's a pretty sizable wing still, 6'6". I don't know if he has anything on the defensive end, so he's probably more of an affinity play, but if he gets bought out, he might not be a bad veteran to have tag along. He's probably more useful than Troy Daniels, but just a name that I wanted to throw out there. Not because I think he's going to make a huge difference, but I don't know. People love Vince Carter. I love Vince Sanity. So it might be fun to have him tag along and win a championship along the way. Um, also, Iman Shumpert. We talk about Iman Shumpert in our next segment. At the time that we recorded that segment, though, Iman Shumpert hadn't yet been signed by the Brooklyn Nets. So obviously he was signed by the Nets, but since Wilson Chandler recently came back, they had to cut a player and waive a player, and Shumpert ended up being that player. So Shumpert is once again a free agent, so keep that in mind. Um, lastly, throughout our conversation, you're going to notice that we don't bring up Kyle Kuzma's name a lot when it comes to trade potential and we do that on purpose because I think at this point I'm personally not at that stage yet to want to just willy-nilly throw Kyle Kuzma into any trade I think a lot of fans are kind of getting caught up in this all-in mentality and to be clear we should be going all-in you know we're on LeBron James timeline I know all that I just personally think that we can still win now without having to sacrifice more of our future, even if you may not think that highly of Cal Kuzma. So our segment is going to focus more on guys that you can literally scoop up for free without having to give up 
any more assets or at the most give up maybe some fringe assets, you know? So I know there's been a lot of talk and discussion about putting Kyle Kuzma in trade packages for wings like Robert Covington and Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, I can kind of see because he's essentially doing this best case, most optimal version of what you'd want Kyle Kuzma to hit. But I'm just personally not there yet just because of Kyle Kuzma's age his contract, we still have him cost controlled for the next two years. And then from there, by 2021, which is the year that we want to actually go out there, and we actually have cap space, his low cap hold is going to be very valuable to us. And I think overall, even though I love Robert Covington, at the end of the day, he's just another three and D guy. Obviously, he's one of the most talented defenders, most talented 3 and D guys, but he's just a taller KCP to me. And on this team where we've seen LeBron James sort of get tired and we've seen the team struggle without another primary scorer, and I know Kuzma has struggled with his ball handling and hasn't really gotten the opportunity to showcase any of that, um, but he's still a pure scorer that helps LeBron James and Anthony Davis out. Robert Covington is going to be as inconsistent as you've seen Danny Green, as inconsistent as you've seen KCP, and it's just tough to bring in another guy like that who can't get his own shot or score for himself. And I know some people will say, well, Kyle Kuzma's not exactly breaking his man off either. And I get that, but Kyle Kuzma is still such an important cutter, still such an important cutter that when you get him the ball on the move, he can score in such a variety of ways that a guy like Robert Cummington can't. So so at this point, I would still preach patience with Kyle Kuzma. He's been dealing with this ankle injury that has kept him out the last few games and also gives you a pretty good idea of why he's been struggling to start this season. And I think I would just like the Lakers to toe the line a little bit with regards to the short-term goals of this team to win now, while also thinking about our future post-LeBron and the type of team that we want to build Anthony Davis. We're going to need guys like Kyle Kuzma. I think fans are taking Kyle Kuzma for granted and just the type of dynamic scorer Kyle Kuzma is and even though he's already 24 25 he's still a dude with young legs and when he's healthy he's a dude that can run he can cut he's super athletic he's got some exciting dunks in his bag and I think fans are taking that for granted once Kyle Kuzma's off this team and we have like 29 30 year old Marcus Morris or an aging Robert Covington that's when we're really going to miss a guy like Kyle Kuzma and once Kyle Kuzma's gone who do we have left we have Alex Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker. And given the fact that this team has given away so many fringe assets to the point where we're missing guys like Mo Wagner, even an Isaac Bonga, I'd preferably like them to hold on to Kalkuzma as long as they can. And it has nothing to do with me standing Kalkuzma. I'm just looking at the long-term viewpoint of this team as well from an asset management standpoint. And look, I still think the Lakers can go all in while keeping Kyle Kuzma on this roster. So I think that's where I stand for now. Now, if we go on a little bit of a rough stretch and it's clear that we do absolutely need this extra wing player who, again, might only end up playing like 18 to 23 minutes, which is what Kyle Kuzma is playing right now. If it so happens that nearer the trade deadline that this is a glaring weakness, then sure, maybe we entertain trading Kyle Kuzma for a Marcus Morris or a Robert Covington. I'm just personally not at that stage yet because I think even if he tops out at what he is now, which is a solid six-man score, we're going to need that in the future. We're going to need the young legs. We're going to need the young legs beside Anthony Davis. And um, yeah, I just think there's a way to get the most out of this year while still also saving some things for the future.
i.e. Kyle Kuzma. Um, two guys we talked about that are now moot points in our segment are CJ Miles. He, unfortunately, I think got injured and might not return this season. So that kind of sucks because he would have been a pretty good addition to add some additional shooting on this team. And another guy, Al Farouk Aminu on the Magic, I think he's out for the season as well, unfortunately. So that just takes off another wing from the Lakers list of options. With that said, all the caveats are out of the way. Alan, thank you for joining me in this uh, very wingerific <laughs> uh, intro segment. And uh, Some Cajun wings, some, uh, some garlic, lemon, pepper wings, garlic parmesan, that's what it is. Honey barbecue wings. Yeah, yeah. Atomic wings. Yeah, the options are endless. So uh, with that said, I'm going to turn it over now to my segment with Tommy. Alan, do you want to say hi to Tommy one last time? Hey, Tommy. Hello. All right. I'll catch you later, Alan. <laughs> Bye. Later. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Okay, what a weird segment. <laughs> All right. So we're back. And Tommy, come back out of your dark box or wherever the heck you are. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey. Um. So we're going to talk about the non-Igodala wing options on the potential buyout or trade market. We did this with the point guards two episodes ago. I want to caveat things again by saying this is not to say that we necessarily need this immediately or the Lakers should do this right now and go out there and try and find some wing help, but that this issue may crop up in the future and we're just getting way out ahead of it, taking an early look and doing our due diligence. I'll do it rapid fire style the way that I did last time. You rate for me, Tommy, one to five, how likely you think this guy is going to get traded or bought out given his context and situation. And then one to five, how much you'd actually want this dude on the Lakers squad as if you were the GM. Ready? Cool. Marvin Williams from the Charlotte Hornets. He's on his final year, $15 million. Go. I think it's probably like a two or three that he gets bought out. And really? Okay. I think it's pretty small. $15 million is a lot of money to buy somebody out, mm. um, especially not an established veteran. And um, I, if he becomes a free agent... Wait, Marvin Williams? Yeah. He is an established... Oh, you mean like he I mean is like I mean like uh, with a playoff experience, you know, like he's not like uh, a guy who's had a long, you know, all-star type career but never made it to the playoffs. So he wants to get cut for a playoff run. I just I, I sure. could see him taking the money. But anyway, um and then if he becomes available though, if I'm the GM, I I go pretty aggressive. I mean, I haven't looked at his recent stats, but I recall him being pretty damn good. So I I would go after him, I think. Yeah, dude, Marvin Williams is the ultimate like 3 and D. That's literally all he does. He's like the power forward, small forward version of Danny Green, except he also guards the paint somewhat because he's a strong dude. So I mean, I would love to have him. I actually haven't. Yeah, I, I remember he his career got off to like such a slow start, but he's gotten so good. Yeah, because he was like overhyped as like a number three pick or a prospect when that wasn't who he was. I feel like the Atlanta Hawks always draft those types of guys, but they end up just having like they don't end up reaching the heights of where they were picked, but they end up just being that solid three and D type dude, right? Damari Carroll. Okay, next one. Trevor Ariza, he has he's on a one-year deal this year, $12.2 million. His second year is only $1.8 million guaranteed, which actually makes him an attractive asset. And because of that, I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna answer this question for you. Very low chance he gets bought out, I feel like, and he'll probably get traded if he's off the Kings, just because having that second year only $1.8 million guarantee in, in the offseason is a pretty attractive asset to have, I believe. But uh, your thoughts on Trevor Ariza? 
Yeah, I mean, I could see him getting traded. I think that's a good point you raise with the guarantee. Um, the Kings are going to be, they're going to be pretty bad. So thank you, Luke. Um, but, uh, he is probably going to get traded. And then, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That one's hard for me to think about. I mean, he's looked so bad this season in the limited time, but it's like the Kings are bad. How much is he trying? I feel like he pulled this with the Suns also. And then, you know, has moved teams and contributed. So I think he can still play, but I don't know that I don't, it's hard to say whether he fits here. Um, so I'd say that's pretty unlikely, maybe like a, a, a one or two. Yeah. I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He did play 43 games with the Washington wizards. When he got traded to the wizards, they were sort of still in the playoff hunt and he had, he averaged 14 points, five rebounds, four assists, 1.2 steals, only shot 41% from the field, though, and 32% from three, but he did hit 2.2 threes. I think he's still got something left in the bag. If he's willing to play literally like an ancillary 10 minutes a game, stick him on the team's opposing wing score or whatever to slow him down or, or give him a different look. If he's willing to accept that role, sure, but I doubt that's likely. Um, okay, next guy is a guy we saw play against us. Jay Crowder, he's on the final year of a $7.8 million contract. Very good player, very good 3 and D guy. Him and LeBron James are tight for when they played together on the Cavs. Yeah, your thoughts on Jay Crowder? Okay, I actually think it's a pretty high... 7.8 is a sweet spot for getting bought out. Um, If he doesn't get bought out, we should figure out some combination of contracts to try to get him if they're willing to do it. I mean... That is the type of player we want on our team in the playoffs. I'm not saying we lack toughness. We have plenty of tough players, but we don't want LeBron and AD to necessarily have to be the tough guys on the team. Um, if we could surround them with guys like, you know, even Dwight, like Dwight can be tough, but I feel like right now he's the only guy we have that kind of fits that. Um, mm-hmm. If we could add Jay Crowder, that's somebody who people are – you know, he can get physical in playoff games. And I would, I think that could be an awesome move for us if we're able to pull it off. Yeah, I agree. Outside of Iguodala, he's probably the perfect prototypical three and D forward to go out and nab. Okay. Next guy, this might be pretty quick and easy. Nicholas Batum. He seems really washed up at this point. Uh, two boom, years boom, left. Batum, that's your boy. Boom, boom, Batum. That's right. Um, $25 million this year. Eesh. He has a player option for $27 million next year, which he definitely oh. will take. Uh, I don't think this guy is getting bought out at all. No, and at this can't. point, Tommy, it's here's the thing, money. though. At this point, could the Lakers take him on into salary and get an asset back along with him? I don't know. I don't even know if we have $25 million left to send out. But in that scenario, maybe if we're also getting something else in return. <laughs> There's no we don't even have $25 million to salary. Yeah, okay, we don't have it. You're right. We'd we have to trade Danny, Green. Danny Green. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Okay, so this is a, a easy no for you, right? Yeah, no. Uh, what about James Johnson on the Miami Heat? Ooh. Um, he is a very interesting option. He's almost like LeBron James built, but without the shooting. And yeah, he's like a way <laughs> homeless man, third world countries man, <laughs> without the skills. So not LeBron James at all. <laughs> but he's built like LeBron James and he does karate. Uh, he's hey. got two years left, $15 million each, player option on the second, which he likely will take. But the Lakers are on this two-year window thing anyways where they're probably not going to go out into free agency in the next two years so maybe they could take on a guy like james johnson what do you think 
James Johnson. KCP. I, well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think James Johnson is actually a really interesting player. He weirdly is like not a bad um, playmaker. Yeah. Last two seasons, he's been over three and a half assists, which I mean, for a guy who's lit, I know he's six, seven, but he plays more like a power, like a stretch four. That's pretty good. You know, it just brings a different dynamic. He appears to be a decent free throw shooter. You know, he shoots not great from three. I mean, he's only added it to his game recently and he doesn't take that many attempts and hits low thirties, but he's will he, apparently willing to take it and. You know, sometimes that's just as important. He seems like, I don't know how he is defensively, like in terms of his analytics. His stats aren't amazing, but I feel like he's a decent defender from what I recall watching him. Mm-hmm. I would really like that if we are able to figure out like some sort of KCP move. It's interesting because Miami might tr- end up trading a bunch of pieces if they try to go for Chris Paul later. Um, I think right. they have a pretty interesting team this year. They are obviously they have Jimmy Butler and Winslow looks pretty damn good randomly all, <laughs> all of a sudden. But um, if they can, you know, move a bunch of like Dragic and maybe a few other guards to get Chris Paul, they could have like a glut at guard and might need to, you know, replenish that. So maybe we could send them KCP for well James Johnson action. Yep, he's pretty solid. So I guess one thing that we need to ask ourselves is what are we going for if we're looking for a wing? Are we looking for primarily defense or is it playmaking, scoring, shooting? I think you'd agree that it's probably defense, right? Yeah. Added length just to have that other look because a lot of us are having PTSD from that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we have PTSD from the Kawhi Leonard um, matchup that first game. Um, what about MKG? Michael Kidd Gilchrist, final year, $13 million, also Charlotte Hornets. Ooh, yeah, I would it's take just defense, him. right? Just for defense. I mean, again, he brings an interesting dynamic. Um, is how bad is he as a shooter now? Did I feel like he got better at some point over his career? <laughs> is he that bad? Oh, he's really bad. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I should have known. So yeah, maybe on a, on MKG, we'll see if he gets bought out. The Charlotte Hornets have a bunch of these guys. So. You know what? Jokes on you, my friend. He is shooting a hundred percent at three pointers this year. <laughs> Are you serious? But how many has he made? One. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, quick fire. Chandler Parsons, final year, $25 million. Oh, my God, I don't know no. if this guy can play anymore. No, he cannot play. He looks so washed. He was washed uh, too bad. five years ago. I wanted to reunite Chandler Parsons and Dwight Howard. That would be a nice bromance reunited. CJ Miles. Ooh, I like CJ Miles. CJ Miles, what final year, $8 million. What team is he on? Uh, Washington. Oh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be soups down for this. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he is defensively, but he can light it up off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. he can definitely hit threes. He's, he's like pretty explosive. I mean, I'm not like, obviously the Clippers have Lou Williams. He's like six man of the year. I'm not saying CJ miles is like that, but if we had CJ miles, I think some combination of CJ miles and, um, the other bench players we have could be really explosive. Uh, excuse me, explosive. This guy's career thirty six percent from three. You know, uh, last year he had a down year, but two years ago with the Raptors he shot thirty six percent on like almost seven attempts per game. Um, mm-hmm. We, I feel like he's lit us up a bunch of times. He's not. He's just one of these classic like bench. I'm not like super consistent, but I can randomly drop. 25 and like win a game for a team. I, I would love sure. to have CJ miles. 
Yeah, I'm more on the fence on him. He would be obviously more an offensive play. Uh, he does have good size, though, 6'6", six, six, um, so that's something to like. Uh, what about Wilson Chandler, Brooklyn Nets? He is suspended for the first half of the season because of, I think, drugs, but uh, one year minimum. I, I don't know if they'd actually cut him, but they might if they realize that their team is good enough as it is, but Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler I've liked for a long time. I don't know. I I think if he became available, I'd take a serious look. He's a pretty strong player, like a strong defender. He's got a little toughness to him, and he could hit a three. So, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, What about... Okay, this one's a weird one for me. I have a rationale for this, but I'll throw his name out and see what your opinion is. Evan Turner, Atlanta Hawks, final year, $18.6 Um, Because we lack a good amount of playmaking... Like, if we don't get Iguodala, I would not be opposed to picking up Turner if we can get him for the right price. I don't know what that price would be, but I, if we could get him for the, if we could get him for like a decent price, I would definitely be happy with him, although he, he's not able to shoot. He's probably like a one on the buyout, right? Cause he makes too much, but yeah. trade, you could definitely see a scenario cause it's the Hawks and they're dealing with the Trey Young injury and whatnot, so. Yeah, Evan Turner, though, his calling card outside of playmaking is has been defense, so that's why I like him. He is like a super poor man's unathletic version of Andre Iguodala, so he could be an Iggy proxy in that sense. Um, okay, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, one-year minimum, Raptors. Um, I like Shimmy Rondé shakes Hollis. from the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, that's Shimmy thing is stupid, but I think he's like pretty good, right? Am I... Or am I wrong? Isn't he well, like Nick a... Nurse has been trashing him about his defense to start the season, but I think historically he's been pretty active and he's just a young guy who can sort of muck it up, I guess. How does he shoot? Uh, not great. I almost view him as like a, another version of like MKG, but oh, let me pull up this. Okay. All right, all right. But, you know, if you're looking for a young guy who can bring you some energy and has length and is athletic, that's Ron Hollis jefferson Stanley Johnson, two years, 3.6 per nah. player option on the second. Nah. nah. Okay. Uh, this guy isn't necessarily a wing, but he can guard the perimeter sometimes and can also fill in at the four spot. Todd Gibson, two years, $10 million Oof. per partial guarantee on the second year. There are a billion power forwards on the Knicks. Good chance he gets bought out maybe midseason, I think. Uh, put it at a three and maybe a four that he's traded. <laughs> I just feel like it's pretty rare. I mean, look, it could happen, obviously. I I don't think I've seen it. Have you seen it? A guy with multiple years getting bought out? I'm not sure that I've ever seen that. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I just I feel like it has to be super rare. Partial guarantee on the second, though. Oh, if it's partial guarantee on the second, maybe a little different. Um, but maybe they just trade him then, so. Yeah, but if we could... I mean, our big men have been playing so well this year. Taj gives us a little bit of more depth up there and then kind of a different look because he can hit the mid-range jumper, which Dwight and JaVale can't do, um, but he could still defend fives. I, I like him. I just don't know that we need to use a roster spot on him with this team. Sure. All right. Here is my favorite candidate. He's also on the New York Knicks. He is a clutch client. We were supposed to go after him in free agency. Marcus Morris, one year, $15 million. That is the perfect sweet spot, my friend, for a trade. Yeah, KCP, Marcus Morris let's would put be... Quinn Cook, THT for Marcus Morris. What do you think? I don't even think we have to trade that much, right? Because KCP makes so much. I mean, I would, I would love that. I think if it's clutch and clutch and like, I mean, 
who knows? It, we'll see how KCP progresses and like whether we feel like we, he has a role on this team. And maybe we feel like Marcus Morris doesn't have a role on this team if Kuzma comes and, and, and balls out. But Marcus Morris is like the type of dude who could like seriously change things for us. I mean, he's basically like a more physically developed and experienced Kyle Kuzma. I feel like their games are actually weirdly similar. Like Mm -hmm. they both shoot, they both can do like a little bit of stuff off the dribble. Um, you know, Morris is a little tougher in the paint, I feel like, but they're both like kind of more known for scoring off the bench. Um, I, Morris, I guess is is starting now, but I don't know how well he fits with our roster, but if we could get him and the price ends up being like just KCP and I'm saying just in air quotes here, I don't know if KCP is going to get better and, you know, establish a position for himself on the roster, but I really like Marcus Morris. Yeah. I feel like we'd have to give them some sort of young potential piece to make it worth their time. Like a THT. The problem here is if they put Marcus Morris out in the market, some other contending team will actually probably pony up. So, uh, okay. Lastly, just (laughs) free agent options, J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert. Any thoughts on these guys? Any thoughts on whether or not they could fit? J.R. Smith is purely offense though. If like we need that boost and (laughs) Kuzma's not cutting it for some reason. Offense and litness and smoking the pipe. (laughs) Uh, and throwing bowls of soup at people. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I would add JR. I maybe I would add Shumpert, depending on how things go this season. Um, Shumpert can do things with the ball. He is a good defender. He's not like an amazing three point shooter, but if you get him open, consistent looks from three, he can hit a shot. Yeah, same. I'm I'm a bit lukewarm on Iman Shumpert, but I do like his chemistry and history with LeBron James, so that should help and. Yeah, I still think he's got something left in the bag with regards to just hitting an open three on the outside and mucking it up on defense and bringing that effort. But And he's only 29 somehow. He's only 29? Yeah. That's crazy. And also, he's got a good singing voice. I don't know if you guys have seen those videos of him, Kyrie, and whoever else on the Cavs, some no-name player, harmonizing together and doing some boys to men. It's pretty good. <laughs> I just don't know, like, what he what did he do last year that he played, like, half a season for the Kings... I mean, he played with the Rockets also, but with the Kings, he was like 30, almost 37%. Like he was balling out and then he just kind of like fell off the map. Nobody signed him. I like, what is his deal? I have no idea. That's a good question. But if you had to ask me, he should probably have a roster spot over KCP, but because he's not clutch, them's the shakes, dude. And that's not even a phrase. I don't even know if that's a phrase, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. All right. With that said, that'll do it for this episode. By the way, Tommy, since we were talking about wings, what do you think I titled this episode if you had to guess? Big Wangs. (laughs) That would get us a lot of CEO traffic of a different kind. Um, No, but I I thought about naming it Wingstop, you know, because we're going to stop for wings. Uh, But I think I'm going to name it Wing for the fences, you know, swing for the fences. Wing for the fences, ayo. There's those quirky jokes. Ah, there's those quirky jokes of mine. (laughs) Living up to the name, that's me, host Jonathan. (laughs) Host Jonathan. (laughs) Host Jonathan. (laughs) What a cool name. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Thank you guys for listening. That's it. Uh, hope the Lakers are doing well. Tommy has no idea whether or not they're doing well, but I, I can know because I'm doing this from the future. 
All right. Thanks for putting up with this weird piecemeal episode. We'll catch you guys next time. Follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and interview us on iTunes and tell me how good of a host I am and how you love my quirky, corny jokes. And yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Tommy. Peace. Laters. Don't go out. Go all out in the all-new Toyota Highlander. Amplify your style with a captivating exterior and available 20-inch alloy rims. Amplify your comfort with available premium leather interior and ventilated seats. Or amplify your groove with an available booming 11-speaker JBL audio system. You can even amplify your crew with roomy seating for up to eight, five USB ports, and available Wi-Fi connect. Don't go out. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander. Toyota. Let's go places.